Hello, good morning, and welcome back to the, I think this is the first episode of Riddles in the Dark in 2015 in the new year. Am I right about that? I think, I think that's so. true, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah Talking about so, a movie that happened last year. That's right. Old news. <laughs> the ancient yeah, history that is Peter Jackson's Hobbit films. That's right. What are we doing, Hobbit? Mm-hmm. Old news. Let's move on to the Silmarillion. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, so, good morning and, and welcome back, listeners. We're, we're so happy to have you. Of course, we've already done several retrospective episodes um, about The Hobbit uh, post-film, shared our views, ranted, had Trish's, tir- Trish's tirade. Um, <laughs> now, this morning, we're really excited because we're finally going to get back to what this is all about, the riddle game, and who got what right, and arguing about what the right answer was. It's not about what was actually, you know... Did we enjoy the film? Was the film any good? No. It's about who got more points than everybody else, right? That's and right. Specific, or in our case, who got the least number of points correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I am your co-host, Dave Kale, and um, with me, as always, are the Tolkien professor, Corey Olson, and Trish Lambert, and I'm super excited because Laura Burkholz has also joined us this morning. And uh, this is like a fun little reunion, guys, because it's like we just saw each other in person, you know. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen you since I know. Mythmood. Yeah, yeah. We just had uh, Mythmood a couple weeks back, which was absolutely wonderful. We had, uh, uh, well, I have to say, you know, at the very beginning of the conference, we had exactly eleven-one guests, which was really cool. Uh, <laughs> We actually got a couple other very last-minute people who threw us up over the perfectly neat eleven to one number, but that's okay. It was. See, it this was is awesome. why Bilbo just invited that very specific number. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Bilbo excluded people, whereas we didn't. So, uh, but anyway, no, it was great. So, I mean, we ended up with you know, in total, we ended up with almost with almost one hundred and twenty people. It was the biggest myth moot we've ever had. It was uh, it was the most fun we've ever had. Um, uh, it was uh, it was it was it was really wonderful. So uh, good to see so many of you guys far there. Higher, you know. Yes. Each myth mood, it's like, oh my god. So, so then the pressure is on for the next one to be like, oh my god. You know, it has <laughs> exactly. to be at least as good, if not better, than the last one. Exactly, exactly. But no, it was uh, it was wonderful. It was great to it was great to to you know several uh, you know people who have been longtime Riddles in the Dark uh, listeners that we got to meet for the first time, and that was really that was really awesome. Um, Still special, uh, uh, special kudos to uh, uh, Tobias who came over from Sweden. Longtime RITD listener, uh, who uh, who uh, whom we got to meet, which was which was absolutely fantastic. So that was really neat. Um, uh, and sorry, Yana, sorry oh, you couldn't also, come. One of these forget. days, Yana. One of these days. Let's not forget about our awesome mm-hmm. paper presenters, because in reality, most of MythMoot really were the paper presentations, and yes. they were really terrific. Yes, they really were. It was awesome. Um, so many great, uh, uh, so many great uh, uh, papers and special sessions, and uh, you know, and, live and performances. Live performances. It was really neat. That's right. And trivia, 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 torture. Oh man, Dave. Dave's trivia oh uh, contest this year was absolutely off the charts. He was he was like like just to give you a, a little taste of of uh, how sadistic Dave's Tolkien trivia contest was this year. He gave us a blank map of Numenor that we had to fill in from memory. <laughs> I mean, it was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> But that was. Uh, I think I walked out at that point. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was. There, it was I just fun. didn't want to embarrass myself. There, 
There was like one team. There, there was the there was um one of the one of the people that came down from New York um told me that she was apparently the only person who just pulled that up and was like, oh no problem. She's like just like a she's like a Silmarillion Newman of like like Akala Beth Fiend. She, she just went right. That was like the only team that got wow. full points because she was just oh yeah. Oh this my is no gosh. <laughs> also, and then I challenged That's... her on the the previous year's thing, the Turin thing. So she messaged me on Facebook with a the most complete list of all of Turin's names in all languages I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Excellent. Oh See, there you wow. go. That's awesome. So, you know, that's always my fear yeah. is I'm, it's going to be too easy. It's well, all right, that's though. The thing. Next, year, I... next year, I have a new angle for next Yeah, year. obviously your fear is going to be too easy. Good heavens. Yes. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I, I always have the same problem whenever, like, there have been a couple occasions on which I have, like, had to come up with Tolkien trivia questions, and they are just always end up being absurd. I mean, I, I because I always have the same thing. Like, when I'm coming up with the questions, I'm like, nah, that's really too easy. Anyone's going to get that, you know? It's it's going to be like one of those uh, one of those really insulting, stupid, like multiple choice questions you get before movies start. You know, um, like you know, come on, you know that's 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 ridiculous. So yeah, then I end up asking incredibly, incredibly. Oh my gosh! Things. Well, I mean, you know, people ended up coming into the hospitality suite afterwards, like crawling in, saying, "Must have alcohol, must have alcohol." <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that's the that's the new angle. It was humbling. The next year, the new angle is going to be it's going to be an, it's going to be a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think yeah. this year it was a drinking game, actually. It yeah, just it kind of evolved into that a little bit, but yeah, no, it was it was hard. I mean, I was uh, I was sitting up with uh, with Chris Pearson, the senior lore master at Lotro, who is our special guest, and he and I were were working on some of these. I mean, even with, with the map of Numenor, you know, neither he nor I could remember uh, offhand. I mean, I, I remember most of the cities, but um, but like the regions, basically, you know. Yeah. Fortunately, we 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 did remember that they're just directional, you know. So he and I were sitting there trying to like pool our memories of 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 uh, you know of the just of the Elvish and being like, how do you say Southwest again? Oh yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. So anyway, that was we we managed to piece most of it together that way. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was it was it was challenging. It was challenging. But anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. So we do hope. You, I think he was the only person who knew Pippin's mom's name. He did. He did. He knew Pippin's mom's name. He, yeah, he was the only was one, one who got because she's in the game. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, she's in the game." That's how I know that one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was cool. I had completely forgotten. Everyone, it. At, everyone at my table was just shaking their head and looking yeah. at me because, of course, like, that, oh, was, that was that was that like, was one of the other rounds. Like one round was the fill in the map of Numenor round, and the other one was a Hobbit family tree with blank names that we had to fill in. <clears throat> now, many of those, you know, were relatively easy, uh, but some of them were not easy. Uh, and uh, Pippin's mom was by far the hardest. Uh, yeah, but he came up with it. Anyway, okay, so that was a lot of fun, and I just did sort of to tell you guys what we're planning, what we talked about at the end of Mythmint, what we're planning with that. Our <clears throat> our hope is we're we're planning to do our next Mythmoot uh, to be uh, we're we're you know there's a lot of planning to do, and there's a lot of there's a lot of you know many things we have to sort out before we can 
uh, you know, before we can release official information on Mythmoot 4. Um, but we're planning to make Mythmoot 4 even bigger than what has come before. Um, so we're, uh, you know, we've, we've got some big plans for that and we're going to see what we can put together. Our plan is to actually take a year off from the regular Mythmoot. So we're not going to have the Mythmoot, you know, at the same time and place next year. Exactly. Um, we're going to do, so guys, we're going to try to come, we're going to try to take an extra year and put together, uh, an even larger and more fun program for Mythmoot for next time. But in the meantime, we're going to be doing more regional events. We want to do, you know, we want to share the love outside of Baltimore in the Mid-Atlantic region. Um, though we do love the Mid-Atlantic region and, you know, we want to continue that as well. But, um, but we, we definitely are planning to go outside it. Um, so actually we have one of our new regional events, uh, starting quite soon, uh, at the end of February, for those of you who are up here in the Northeast near me, um, in Boston, we are going to do a Lord of the Rings movie marathon, uh, on the Saturday, the 28th of February. So the last day of February, uh, in Arlington, Massachusetts, uh, we're going to, uh, in the, at, uh, located at the Regent Theater in Arlington, Massachusetts, we're going to do a Lord of the Rings movie marathon. It's going to be an all-day viewing of the three extended editions of the Lord of the Rings films with Hobbit-themed food uh, designed by uh, Heath Dill from his uh, cookbook, uh, Medium Rare and Back Again, which, after many publication delays, is actually coming out in the next few months. I'm very excited about this. Um so we're he and I are both going to be there, and we're going to be so we're going to be having Hobbit themed food all day, and we're going to be watching the movies and having discussion, and it's going to be awesome. So, um, so we're so that's going to be happening in Bo- in Boston. Well, okay, in Arlington uh, on uh, on Saturday, February the twenty eighth. Um, so I hope you can join me for that. That'll be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. You can register for that. Uh, on the MythGuard page, if you go to uh, MythGuard... It's under the Activities yeah, tab. Yeah, under the Activities tab, you can see the Movie Marathon uh, link. And so that's just sort of one example of things that we're going to be doing. Uh, you know, we hope to be uh, going around to, to different uh, areas and regions of the, of, of the country. And, Yana, who knows, maybe Europe someday. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not ruling that out. Uh, you know, we'd have to see what we could get together, but I would love to do it. Um, so, uh, so, so we'll see. So, we're, you know, we're definitely going to be uh, sort of going around, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, one thing um, I will say about these events is they are they are created by by MythGuardians. In other words, we're not going out as MythGuard and scouting locations and whatnot. It has to do with people who are willing to actually do the heavy lifting, you know, locally. And then we, you know, it is a MythGuard event, and we, you know. We pay the fees and all that stuff and get Corey there. But um, New Zealand, Europe, hey, you know, it's all possible I'm open. if you can make it happen. <laughs> I'm open to the possibility. Right. Yeah, I mean, basically, we, you know, we don't uh, – um, we're, we're, we're very interested in partnering with people and with local groups, you know, so especially if you've got an active, you know, fan group in your area, you know, where you think people would be really excited to get together and do an event, we'd love to help, you know, we'd love to come in. We, we don't necessarily just want to kind of come in cold to a new city and be like, hey, we're throwing an event. Let's like, you know, try to wump up interest in this event, but rather um, to be really coming alongside people and organizations and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and fan groups and local groups and things that are in those places uh, and do stuff with them. So, 
Uh, so anyway, you know, let's, uh, let's work this. And Jana, I know it. I know there are great Tolkien groups in Europe. Talk about it. Get people together. You, you guys want to do something? We can help facilitate it. Um, you know, uh, uh, get back to us. We can, I'm, I'm serious. I'm totally willing to talk about making that happen. So, um, anyway, uh, let's, uh, uh just, uh, if you have an idea for an event that's something that you'd want to do, get in touch with us. Um, send, uh, uh, send an email to, uh, to me or to Trish at Olson at Mythgard.org or Lambert at Mythgard.org. And, uh, and we'll talk about it. We'd love to talk about that. So, um, the last thing, of course, that uh, we want to, uh, to, uh, of course we announced during our, uh, during our, oh wait, no, I didn't announce it because that was in a Mythgard Academy class. Um, I'm forgetting myself. We've never officially explained to the Riddles in the Dark audience what we're doing next no. after Riddles in the Dark. We uh, talked mm-hmm. about, I, you know, I, I talked about it. I announced it at MythMoot. Um, that's where we broke the news, and I talked about it in my MythGuard Academy class this past week. Um, but in case you guys haven't heard, I wanted to tell you about our big plans for what we're doing next, uh, and that is uh, what we're calling the Silmarillion Film Project. And uh, the Silmarillion Film Project is going to be awesome. It was completely inspired. I mean, to me, it was, it was completely inspired by, uh, by Riddles in the Dark. And that is, as I was thinking about Riddles in the Dark coming to an end and how much fun this has been and increasingly how much fun we've had. I mean, you remember the, you know, sort of the theme that I kind of declared for myself earlier in this year, you know, that I wanted to, to focus on and talk about what is awesome, right? And just sort of think about what I think would be the ideal story and how I would like to see things go rather than simply just trying to project, uh, what, um, what Peter Jackson would do. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, so I was thinking like, you know, wouldn't it be fun to do, to do more of that? I mean, I have, I have found that project of going through and thinking carefully through the Hobbit and all of the connected texts, uh, the connected later texts, um, f- uh, with the Hobbit and the Hobbit themes and just sort of thinking about how to do this. What are the challenges that you'd have to meet in doing this? You know, the way that we have been able to dig into this, into the Hobbit story and into the larger Hobbit framework um, has been really fantastic. Um, so I, uh, um, so that was what gave me the idea to say, you know what? We should do this for the Silmarillion because, of course, the Silmarillion isn't going to happen. In in a sense, the Silmarillion is like the perfect opportunity to do this, right? Because um, since there is no film um, to talk about, and in fact, there really can be no film, and I am not sure that there will ever... I am not sure that any one of us now drawing breath will ever live to see a Silmarillion film. Um, <laughs> I, I really am not. Uh, you know, people talk about like, oh, when Christopher dies, things will change. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not. Maybe, maybe, but I, I am not counting on that at all. Um, certainly not. Certainly not quickly. Right? No, no. Like, if 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 people want to be optimistic and assume that one of his grand, one of Tolkien's grandchildren or something, which I'm not at all optimistic about, but if if we were to assume that that one or one or more of them decides, okay, we really we want to make this happen. Well, you can you can bet that 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 if it doesn't drag out because they resist, it'll drag out because they're because they because even if they're okay with the films, they remember what happened with the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy and how they got screwed. 
they'll hold out for a crap load of money. So it's going to be a long time. They're not going to do this out of the goodness of her. Here, Warner Brothers, have <laughs> right. the rights, make right. billions of dollars, and don't give us anything because the fans really want films. So, you know, we just want to give the fans a – yeah. <laughs> right. On. I mean, they Come have uh, – they've – They've seen this happen. They know what this is like yeah. now. You know, so, so it's yeah. Gonna be a lot. Yeah, none of us are going to yeah. be alive when this happens. Christopher, uh, Christopher Tolkien refuses to release the rights and will never agree to release the rights just because he wants to protect the legacy and he doesn't want to see it made into a film by anybody. If his heirs change that policy, if they if they feel less convicted about keeping the thing pure and are willing to do it's because they're going to value what they can get for it over you know christopher values the integrity of the work far more than he values money um that's obvious i mean many 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 of the choices he has made has been very much to the financial detriment of the tolkien estate um uh so he values the integrity of the work over money. If his heirs decide, actually, you know, we're willing to compromise on the absolute purity of the integrity of the work and its legacy for the sake of uh, of cutting a deal on film rights, as Dave says, that very motivation is, is going to make it challenging as well. Um, Chuck asks, won't the book enter the public domain sometime? Not while we're alive, probably. Um, that is uh, because it won't enter the public domain, most likely, until 75 years after Christopher's death. Because Christopher published the Silmarillion, not J.R.R. So we're not talking about, you know, in the 2050s, sometime 75 years after Tolkien's death. We're talking about 75 years after Christopher's death, and he is still alive. So I do not, so I do not ever anticipate seeing the Silmarillion in the public domain. And when, was, and when were the, his, the various histories of Middle, those were published even later. In the right? 80s, yeah, 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 and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> All of those are post-Silmarillion. <laughs> Even if someone got the rights to that, they would instantly regret it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be that would be that would, that, that would be like, kind of right, cool. Let's make a movie. <laughs> uh. <That's right. laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, no, yeah. Ex- so, so yeah. So we'll see. Oh, and as, of course, as Robert Brown is pointing out, if Disney's lobbyists succeed, there may be no public domain in the future. Um, yes, exactly. If uh, if uh, if if Mickey Mouse succeeds in killing the public domain, uh, then uh, uh, you know, then then yeah, we'll see. But yeah, no. So uh, so uh, when I say none of us will live, I mean, I mean, unless there's anybody listening here today. Um, like, uh, hey, Laura, Ricky might still be around, uh, but but we're That's probably right. not. <laughs> or your grandchildren. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, maybe my kids will live to see it. Um, uh, but anyway, so so yes. Anyway, so the point is, since this is not going to happen, it provides the perfect. Uh, you know, rather than feeling discouraged by that, like, oh, there's no point talking about a Silmarillion film because it's never going to happen, I feel exactly the contrary about that. That is excellent. Since the f- a f- a, an actual film is never going to happen, then um, that makes this the perfect laboratory for this kind of discussion. Let's go through the Silmarillion and discuss and, and plan an adaptation. Let's 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 say what would we do? Let's spend the time digging into the Silmarillion like we've been digging into the Hobbit. 
it. Um, but un- completely untrammeled, that's Dave and I's favorite word to talk about this, completely untrammeled um, by any thought about what any external person would do. So we don't have to think about what the, what, you know, like Peter Jackson would do. We don't have to think about pressure from film executives. We don't have to think about, you know, what our audience is going to like and what are, what our focus groups going to say. We don't have to think about what are our budgetary restrictions. We have no restrictions. We are making up a completely make-believe uh, 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 production and planning it in detail. So that's... that's uh, that's going to be our new project and the start date is one thing i haven't announced anywhere because we've just been kind of sorting it out um our goal for the start date uh of the broadcasts of the silmarillion film project uh is march 20th so we're going to be basically it's not on gondorian the gondorian new year's day but it's like the week of gondorian new year so uh we're going to celebrate the downfall of sauron by beginning the silmarillion film project um uh, yeah. Uh, Yana asks in how much detail are we going to go as much as we like. Now that doesn't mean that every single detail is going to be covered within the episodes. Um, but I, um, I, you know, we, we really want to encourage like the formation of particular task groups and interest groups. You know, I, I, we've already, I've already been contacted by a lot of people, um, you know, people who are, um, you know, artists who are really interested in doing concept art, people who are really interested in, in designing costumes, people who are really interested in doing, um, you know, storyboarding and stuff like that. Um, uh, script writers and what, you know, awesome. Like I, the the thing is the the one thing that we do have to keep in mind, although there's again no issue of the film rights because we're not actually going to be performing anything anywhere. Um, uh, the one thing we do have to be careful of is, of course, the text itself is still under copyright, um, so we can't publish like huge swaths of the text without permission um, ourselves. But that's no reason to say that you know a bunch of uh, a bunch of our listeners who are interested in doing things like um, you know like doing storyboarding and writing scripts and and uh, and you know doing casting and all of this kind of thing um, you know those are those are certainly all things that um, uh, that we definitely uh, encourage people to do so anyway yeah and and actually I, I do want to say that. Um, one of the reasons, I mean, we're targeting March 20th. That's our goal date. It's still a little bit, um, you know, could change. And the reason that it could change is because we are anticipating, uh, you know, these sort of offshoot groups. And we want to have a place for those people to be. So we're in the process of, you know, putting together a really robust discussion board that's dedicated just to this project that'll be, you know, on online and have it be something that people can come to and really, you know, dig in amongst themselves so um you know i'm anticipating i think we all are that this you know not only will there be the the podcast itself but there will be people you know separate groups kind of you know i wouldn't be surprised if we had separate groups each one of which is taking their own you know making their own decisions in terms of what direction they want to go with with yeah. the film you know yeah. that's because everyone's that's not going to agree awesome. on us and, and there's no yeah there's there's no not only is there no real hope of but there's no real desire for like 
all of us and all of our listeners to come to you a unanimous agreement on exactly what the thing should be. I think like different visions and different concepts of it would be really cool. It would be really cool to see. In fact, what I would kind of anticipate um, is that if uh, if we do have that, if there are you know other people and groups of people who are you know sort of together making kind of their own versions and moving forward, that we'd like you know check in with them, you know, have them on the show and you know talk then about you have it. people like. Then you have people like Brianna who've already sent us screenshots of the like hundreds of pages of like notes and screenplay that she's already written. Yeah, some some people have a head start on this project. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, and oh, Gabrielle, yes, yeah, score. I didn't mention music, of course. Music, absolutely for musicians uh, and composers out there. Oh man, what an opportunity! I totally want to hear this. And of course, it's it's even the more wonderful because, of course, that's actually not restricted by copyright. So you can, um, you know, people who want to draw concept art and people who want to uh, uh, to to write music, um, you know, can be free to do so. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I, I, Gabrielle, let me just tell you in advance, I am extreme. There are three things that I am most keen to hear. Um, uh, and I think it would be just an awesome challenge for a music. That is um, the, the music of the Ainur first, second, the song of Luthien before Mandos. Mm-hmm. And third, the song battle of Finrod and Sauron. These are the three things that I am most keen to hear someone do a score for. So uh, um, I, that will be hard, <laughs> I know. Um, but um, yeah, challenge. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Sharon uh, Hoff asks an excellent question: Are we going to get alternative Valar coverage from the Book of Lost Tales? Yes, it is definitely my plan um, to go and to mine the 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 other you know the the history of Middle-earth stuff. Um, this does not have to be just sticking only to the published text of the Silmarillion. Um, uh, I, I definitely want to be talking as we go through about some of the other uh, earlier versions of the Silmarillion material, and there may be several occasions on which we're going to want to take uh, some, of that, um, some of that stuff into account. So, now... As you can probably guess, of course, the like not so secret motivation here. My primary and not so secret motivation in doing the Silmarillion film project uh, product project is for me not the product of it, right? It's because we're not going to be producing anything. Um, I mean, uh, we on the show aren't even really going to be able to produce a script because we couldn't publish it because it's um, because of because of copyright issues. Um, but we can talk about it, and that's what we're really going to want to do. Um, and so basically my goal, my motivation is I want to help people. You know, I, I want through this project, I want people to be able to really experience the Silmarillion. Even, you know, even more, you know, we did the Silmarillion seminar, of course, years back. Dave and Trish were, or, or Dave and Laura, I mean, who are here, were, were with me. And we did that as a way to, like, let's go slowly through the Silmarillion together and, uh, and you know, help people get through that book for the first time and really begin to appreciate, you know, how that book holds together and what's going on in that story. To me, the Silmarillion Film Project is the next level, you know, to, to really bring those stories to life for people, for them to be able to envision the stories of Tolkien, you know, basically for them to be able to invest themselves imaginatively in Tolkien's mythology uh, in ways in which they never have before, and to really make the Silmarillion stories a really, not just a book that people can read and come to like, but to really make that, you know, 
a living thing for people. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be great fun. Um, so, uh, anyway, we, we do plan to have, um, uh, one of this is, and this is one of the other reasons, uh, for the slight delay though, of course, we're going to finish up riddles in the dark first anyway, um, is, uh, we're going to be building a web area for, you know, a, a new, internet home for the Silmarillion film project and it's going to involve a lot of there's going to be a lot of discussion boards a lot of places where people can post thoughts and ideas can discuss things we want to have you know whole areas of this page for people to get to get you know for 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 musicians to get together and talk and discuss and debate and support each other uh in thinking about scores to you know for artists to post things for costume people to post things um uh, for people to have casting debates about the you know the kind of casting they have that I, I suppose will come up during the regular show though I don't necessarily expect that we'll end up with a full and definitive authoritative cast for it but um uh, but anyway I I um this is going to be a really really fun project and we were sort of joking about a thirty year project earlier on um, we have no end point in mind for this uh, and I think it's it's very likely to take many many years actually to get through the whole thing so uh, we will uh, we will see we will see um, but anyway so so we're looking forward to a long and uh, 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 immensely engaging discussion of the Silmarillion starting later and it's going to be it's going to be awesome so um so very good um let's talk about the riddles should we should we should we, should we talk about the riddles yes. yes that sounds good and by the way Laura given our long intro I've actually been able to make a slide with the conundra on them so what we could do is oh, just good. wait till the end and we'll just go we'll just go through them all at one time after we do the riddles so that sounds cool. good perfect yeah Yes. Okay. Shall we do this? So, should we explain how we're going to do yeah, this? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that, so that, yeah. The, oh, if I do it right. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Trish. Yeah. You, you, you can explain. So, this episode is really a, a lightning round, if you will, of all 15 riddles and conundra. Uh, we're going to go through and discuss them. Um, uh, we're thinking that many of them are pretty obvious. The answer is pretty obvious. Um, so we're not going to have to spend a lot of time on them. There may be a few that we disagree on. And if we have any kind of lengthy discussion at all where we're not ha- coming to consensus, then we're going to table that riddle and or conundrum, and we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to have a, ne- a second episode where we discuss the ones that have sort of shown up as, as questionable or controversial. How did I do? Is that right? Is that good? Yeah, yeah, good. So, yeah, so... The, the idea is not to sort of have it out over the controversial ones today. Um, you know, we want to we want to be able to give it the full riddles in the dark treatment. Uh, you know, and debate both sides of the question and be able to marshal our arguments and stuff. Um, but today is just we're wanting to go through and 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 figure out the ones which we can all agree on. Also, we're not excluding you guys, so we'll keep a close watch on the question box. You know, I mean, if, if say, for example, the unimaginable happens and all four of us are at consensus, but somebody, one of you guys disagrees, speak up, you know, because we don't want to just say, oh, because the four of us are all agreed, then it, there's no question. But uh, I just, the reason it's unimaginable is some of these just seem really obvious to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I said that in previous years and was taken aback. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
Okay. So shall I start? Shall we start? Yeah, let's do that. Let's see. Let me get rid of the... Okay, here we go. Sharing my screen. How are we doing? You got it? Coming. There we go. There we go. Okay. Oh, I see. I've got a little... I've got a little thing up here showing the view. Oh, see, I haven't ever done this before. That's cool. Okay. So somebody else do this. <laughs> Gary, take it away. Okay. <laughs> or Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you do it. Review the riddle for us, Dave. Uh, read it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Riddle number one. Who will kill Azog? Uh, it was A, dying, the book answer kind of, B, Bayorn, C, member of the company including Thorin and Bilbo, D, member of the White Council, E, combination of two or more of the above, F, none of the above. This was a fairly obvious one, right? C? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's kind of ironic. Corey, what's the uh? No, I just think no, I mean, there's there's no. It's oh. not like there's any real question about who killed uh, Azog in the film, but it's. Uh, I just think it's kind of ironic that for all that, Bjorn was in the film for 1.6 seconds. Uh, he was actually second closest to Azog at the time of Azog's death. Uh, it's I, we don't know exactly where Bilbo was, but it's because you know Bjorn's there. You know he's on the <laughs> he was on the mountaintop. Bjorn had a chance, but uh, but yeah, no, sadly he didn't get enough screen time for them. Yeah, really, yeah. Didn't get a lot of screen time. He barely got enough screen yeah, time to change into a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh well. I mean, it's it's interesting lo- looking back at this riddle because. Um, you know, I mean, we've got, in a sense, two book answers, right? You know, Dan right. is the book answer um, for Azog himself, <clears throat> but in as much as Azog is the is the general of the of the goblin armies, um, th- then the book answer really kind of is B, Bjorn. So that's why we included both of those. Um, but uh, yeah. the other thing yeah. I, I find interesting about this is that we actually really had quite a long conversation about that we just couldn't imagine Thorin would kill him on his own. That after all the buildup of the Bilbo-Thorin relationship, you know, that we figured it was going to be... In fact, I think I may have said E, um, uh, because I remember it just was not in our thinking at the time that it would be, it would be a solo battle between Azog and Thorin apart from the from the main battle. I mean, that was unthinkable to That's us. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, you know. Oh, and thanks for bringing up another thing to be disappointed about that I've been forgetting. But no, you're absolutely right. Um, the way in which we were thinking, it, the, the way in which it is another thing that just kind of got dropped was the whole the way in which Bilbo's rescuing of Thorin in the out of the frying pan into the fire scene at the end of the first film right. seemed to be a setup for the end and then Bilbo just being mm-hmm. absent you know in the final fight sequences entirely other than just like going up to deliver the message and then getting clouded on the head I guess he th- got to throw some rocks before he got clouded on the head but um Anyway, yep, yep. But yeah, there's no real question about the correct answer there. All right, moving on. Okie dokie. Laura, you want to take that one? Sure. What stand will Legolas and Tariel take regarding the Siege of Erebor? 
A neither openly defies Thranduil. Book answer with two characters who aren't in the book. <laughs> Legolas supports his father. Tariel openly defies him. Tariel supports Thranduil. Legolas defies him. Both openly defy Thranduil. It's it's hmm. clearly C, right? Toriel was extremely supportive, I thought, of Thranduil <laughs> in the film. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. very supportive. All along. Yeah. She really I, had his I, I think it's... Uh, what, what do you think, Laura? I think it's D, isn't it? They, well... We don't, we don't really have an answer that accounts for hmm. Tariel defies um, Thranduil. Legolas never sees his father until after the battle. But it's, I mean, like the lake down thing. The lake down thing is, is open defiance. He's to go to Gundabad, though. Yeah, I mean, he goes with Tariel to Gundabad. I mean, he supports Tariel's being, being uh, uh, exiled, well, that's, right? That's just investigating, right? Yeah, no, no, no. But, I mean, like, when, when Pointing Elf shows up at Lake Town and is like, hey, Legolas, your dad says come back, and he's like, tell my dad I said, screw that, I'm not coming back. Like, that's open defiance. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he openly, <laughs> publicly... <laughs> Resist. Not regarding the yes. siege of Erebor, however. Ah. <laughs> all right. Let's 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 save this one then. We'll have to we'll, we'll yeah, have to talk about. It. Okay. All right. But Laura, okay. if you had to de- if you had to declare now yourself, what would you say, Laura? I would say I would say D. At least in the spirit of the answer, if not in the exact. Letter, yeah, I would too. Yeah, because, because, yeah. yeah, yeah, but but we can because we can... Legolas, yeah, yeah, it's it's a little controversial. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember what I put. Me neither. And the siege ha- is the siege is not the battle of five armies. It's it's the it's the elves' attitude toward the dwarves and the men. Right, is what the siege of Erebor right. is. Right. Um. Yep. Yep. Like it's that it's the thing that All right. that. Legolas is, or that Bard is trying to talk right. Thranduil. Yeah, so he's not backing down, so we've got yeah. this set as a, as a okay. Nice yep. And neither one of them really had anything to do with that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. We yeah, that's that. true. Yeah. That's what makes it difficult. Um, keep an eye on questions. I've, I've, I haven't been anybody, and they're they're not there for most of the siege, as Yana says. I would say C or D. Yeah. And no, uh, I'm I'm keeping an eye on the question box. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Good. Okay. Next. I just want to point out, by the way, that I have a mastery over this that Tom Shippey so far does not. <laughs> over what? PowerPoint? Over the PowerPoint. I should You know, Professor Shippey is a trooper. Before. He is a trooper. He and really is. He I, really I, is. I, 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 give, I give, you know, I, people like Tom Shippey and Verlin Flieger, who in retirement, like in teaching courses yes. for Mythgard, in their retirement from their, you know, from their their official jobs, We've never dealt with this. Have never used any all. of this technology before. Yes. Both of whom are quite like technology averse in general, but have like with uh, with with real gameness of spirit uh, been willing to learn how to use all of this wild technology stuff. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. He is. He's a real trooper. I will say because he gets <laughs> frustrated, but he just keeps pressing on. So. And it's also anyway. I I, okay. just, I I always find whenever Tom starts complaining about pushing buttons, I always I find that so funny. Like I, I just I I think he's hysterical even when he's <laughs> yeah, even when he's looking. At, I, you know I I just I just can't help but like throw my head back and laugh when Tom starts saying something like, "Oh, I'll just keep pushing buttons, and sooner or later I'll hit." I'm like, "No, Tom, uh, well, <laughs> that's okay, Tom. We'll just do that." 
<laughs> it's awesome. I'd love it. Absolutely love it. Um, anyway, <laughs> okay, okay. All right, <laughs> riddle three. Where will the movie begin? An historical flashback in any location. <clears throat> Erebor in the present, Lake Town in the present, Dol Guldur in the present, none of the above, including prologue or frame narrative. Well, I know I got in the present right, but I just don't remember which location I said. Well, and the answer to this one kind of surprised me. I am right at doing this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started in Lake Town. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't start in a frame. They didn't start in a flashback. There is a a sense... That's unusual. Yeah, there is a there's kind of a sense in which that that part of this these films the sort of the frame the flashing bat that part is actually kind of incoherent <laughs> you know yeah totally inconsistent well it's it's my big problem with the beginning i found the opening like the first scene jarring um because yeah. there was no build up like all of a sudden we were like yeah. in medius race and not to mention the fact it was never explained at any point in the film how on earth the people in Lake Town have been alarmed. Like, why are they... Like, we start off... Like, I, this is one of the things... I, I started off this film on the, on the wrong foot when I first saw it because the, my very first impression of this film was a confused question. Um, in the very first ten seconds of the film, I was already asking... Wait a second. How do the people in Lake Town know the dragon's coming? Like, did we miss something? Was there? Was it spotted by someone and and the alarm given, and we just skipped that scene? And we've cut right to because from the very first moment of the film, people are scurrying around. So, you know, we get the master like saying, "The dragon's coming. Come on, let's leave." It's like, how do you know the dragon's coming? I mean, he flew out of the mountain. Um, and, uh, like, in a shimmer of gold, which, like, maybe by a stretch of imagination could have been seen. Um, but then he was flying through the dark to Lake Town. Um, how could they possibly even see him coming? Who, who, I, I just, I, I was annoyed, um, by the very onset of that, of the film. Um, so yeah, I found it confusing and I found it, uh, frustrating in that way. So the answer was C, but I really wish it weren't. <laughs> okay, I'll do four. How will Bart escape prison? He escapes on his own is A. B, the dwarves get him out, perhaps with help from Tauriel. C, Bard's son, Bard's son gets him out. D, a combination of B and C. Or E, none of the above. Ta-da. Well, that's Correct. pretty easy. The master yep. helps him escape. The hey. master helps him escape. Yes, that's true. We didn't. That's right. we, didn't we didn't put that's that. Right. Yeah. Um. should be none of the above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was really hoping for for D. I really wanted to see his son be part of the yeah. Escape, that would have been great. Well, you know, yeah. I though I have to say, like, I was thinking about that also. Well, watching the film for the first time, and it was it was funny with this. Time, I think it was because we stopped the riddle game so much earlier, so the riddles were very much less sort of pressing on my mind as I was wa- sitting and watching the film than in previous years. But um, this was one of the few riddles I was thinking about w- during the film, uh, and although they, you know, Bart's, you know, 
Bart's son didn't help him escape from the prison, but you know we did get a pretty heavy dose of yeah. like the father son thing that we were all kind of you know at least that several of right. us were rooting for. Um, I'm pretty sure I voted for C, and I'm pretty sure I voted for C because I was really I was really looking forward to the. Uh, to the father-son thing. Um, so my desire for father-son stuff was definitely satisfied, even though technically the answer to Riddle 4 has to be A. One of the reasons I know I didn't get this question right is because I'm sitting in the in the theater and thinking to myself, did we even have a choice in the Riddle that he escaped on his own? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Dave, you're up next. Ah. I was going to say, right. I, I like Yana's uh, uh, point here. Um, oh. uh, he said, I, I wanted to see Smaug do it by accident in some way, being the instrument of his own demise. I agree, yeah. Yana, that would be awesome. Uh, like the tail hitting the roof or something, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, for the record, I found what happened on screen clever and so, sort of funny, but anticlimactic, and in conclusion, right. I don't understand what the point of putting him in prison in the first place was. Since it really I know, happen. I had that thought too. It's like they did it really fast, yeah. and it's like, well, yeah. why'd you even bother to have him in prison in the first place? Yeah, it, pointless. Anyway, what will the master be doing during Smaug's attack? A, escaping Light Town, book answer, clearly the correct answer. B, cowering somewhere in town. C, shouting orders. D, moving around in the middle of the action. E, none of the above. I suppose an argument could be made for D, but he, his moving around in the middle of the action is toward escape. So. Yeah, no. yeah, no, it's yeah. clearly. Yeah, so is it A? I think that's we got A. It's A, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say it's attempting to escape Lake Town, but that still is the same thing. And, you know, I... It's hard because, on the one hand, like it's the book answer, right? So I, I, I feel like hard to complain about a book answer, you know, riddle, right? I, you know, like when they actually give the book answer, that's always kind of nice and always kind of satisfying. But I was actually really disappointed by the way they did the book answer. You know, like I, I all the, all the discussion we had about this, this was actually a great example of one of these times when the thinking that we were doing about how you could do the master's escape from Lake town ended up being so much more interesting than what actually happened, uh, in the film, because Mm -hmm. it just was like the master was so stupidly one over the top, one dimensional, like, I don't care about any, I mean, it just, it wasn't even interesting. Had he been just less of a complete brainless doofus and, and more of, a cunning manipulator, his character would have been ten times more interesting. Um, so, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think I voted for C, so this is my not my argument that C should actually be the right answer, but my lament that C isn't the right answer. Um, like, imagine <laughs> if they had done the master taking refuge and, and or, you know, the master um, fleeing from town early and trying to save his own skin is in the book. But instead, he had so many opportunities while going through the town in his boat. He could easily have pretended that he was trying to marshal the defense. And then just like once he had gotten through uh, and gotten the opportunity, sort of slipped quietly away. But while he was doing it, led people to believe. Um, you know, And then think about it. Alfred survives and he could have then tried to... Uh, tried to build up this this kind of counter um counter movement of like ah like the master valiantly gave his life to try to you know organize the defense of the town i think that's how much more interesting that would have been you know i mean anyway it's it's just 
kind of sad that we got this uh, really cartoonish character instead. Sorry, I'm messing yeah, up the and, screen and here because I'm trying to who... close things. Here, yeah. Hold on, let me see if I can close this. Yeah. Go ahead. Alfred, okay, who's not even in the book, was was more interesting than the master of Lake Town. I mean, even though they spent too much screen time on Alfred, right. but I thought, but uh, yeah, the I didn't. I have to go on record as saying I did not care for Stephen Fry's portrayal of the master of Lake Town. He said he has never read the book, and it shows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really does. I mean, it was... Which probably Jackson considered an advantage, right? So he could just have the master be however he wanted him to be. Well, right. I mean, I can't imagine that, like, that entire thrust of the of the master's character is, like, all from Fry. But you're right. I was disappointed. In, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing yeah. Stephen Fry as the master of Lake Town. Because I was looking forward to, like, the master political manipulator, which is the direction his character goes in the book. And I agree, Alfred's character was much more interesting. And I dislike Alfred's character and Alfred the Alfred scenes in the Battle of the Five Armies less than most people, it sounds like. But, um, you know, just from, from the reactions I've heard. But they were still not only... It's not just that they were too many, but they, they also were too one-dimensional. I mean, Al- Alfred was more interesting than the master, but still too far over the top. Um... Yeah, it's just it could have Lin been so Monroe much more interesting. Lynn Monroe makes a good point. Back to to Laura's observation: is the master was the great goblin of the third film. Right, right. And actually, you know, that's a they're an interesting they're an interesting parallel yeah. anyway. You know, I mean, I remember talking after Myth Moot last year about that. Who, who was I talking with? Was I talking with Kay? Was that you? Or was I talking with Rebecca? I can't remember. But um, uh. But anyway, you, you interact with so few people. I mean, yeah, gosh, I know. I'm trying know. to remember which one it was. But anyway, <laughs> we we talk about the parallels between between the Master of Lake Town and and uh, and the Great Goblin. Actually, I think it's it is a really interesting parallel when you put them next to each other, um, and how they were depicted in the films. And they're both annoying, but they're but 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 actually they're kind of more interesting when you compare them to each other. But still, it was just it was they could have done so much more, um, uh, certainly with the Master, but even with Alfred. Moving on? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... All right. My turn. Mm -hmm. How will Thorin summon Dian and the dwarves of the Iron Hills? A raven or other kind of bird. A subset of the dwarves will go fetch Dian. Dian and his people will come without summons. The Arkenstone will mystically signal loyal dwarves to join their king. Or E, none of the above. So, you it's know, a, this brings it? up an interesting point. Did we get a point. sense that he it's sent a. out Raven? Yeah, it is A. But what happened to the what happened to the scene in the trailer where the dwarves are in that cart? <laughs> that mobile thing? going down. It's, the, yeah, that, I, it's gone the way the of Azog on the parapet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that that threw us off a bit. I think. Sure but, did. I mean, I think, you know, Jackson now, again, precocious child, Jackson, has done this cutesy thing of giving us trailer scenes that never show up in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in the case of of Thryon, doing it in several trailers and having it never show up in the theatrical release. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it's, it's... Though it's hard, Don't I mean that, me that yeah, that 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 just seems to be disorganized. I mean, <laughs> that seems to be more a testament to 
how much last second work they were doing between the time the trailer was released and the time the film was released. You know, like the frantic For editing every movie. going on. Yeah, yeah, and that seemed to be worse <laughs> as things went on. I mean, we didn't have that. It I don't did, remember yeah. in in the Unexpected Journey. I mean, of course, there were the things that were, the things that were in the original trailers, which didn't get put in because they were pushed off to the second film when the film split from two to three. Right. I mean, so we had that issue with trailers in the first film. But after the announcement of the of the shift to three films, I don't think there were any scenes in those in the uh, unexpected journey trailers which didn't make the theatrical version. That's why we're, we right. were so shocked right. and amused when that happened with the Desolation and, you know, of Smaug. I do realize that I don't know anything about the movie making industry, and I am potentially being extra hard on Jackson, and I do not want to continue to beat on him. However, however, what you just said. You'd think it would have been the other way around because right. by the third movie, he had already he had filmed the stuff way before. He, there was no excuse for last minute editing, really. You know what I mean? Especially for trailers. You know, I mean, like, I don't know. Anyway, I just, I just think it's, and, and I'm certainly not one to throw stones about procrastinating, but, you know. No, I, exactly. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be hard on procrastinators either. But, um, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's. Um, it's a little frustrating. It just is inexplicable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. so. All but right. no, I, well, so, Raven, and act, but I do, what I do want to say about this, though, is I am really happy that A is the answer. I am happy that he put Ravens in. Even though Roak wasn't named by name, I was happy that Ravens had the representation in the story. That's but right. Would subtitles have been that hard? <laughs> Seriously? Like, okay, so maybe Roak doesn't talk. But subtitles. Or, or Thor could have called him by name, or Balin could have said, "It is Roa." At the very I least, I know him from earlier you know, days. Yeah, at the very <laughs> least, they could have just tossed us an Easter egg with Roak's name. Um, but you know, I, I'm just saying, I want to like, uh, you know, on my own copy of the movie, I would like to insert, uh, you know, like <laughs> when um, when when the, in the climactic scene, uh, you know, when right before Dan shows up and and the Raven comes and lands on the parapet right next to. Thorin, and there's even that shot of him as like Thorin looks over, you know, as you know, uh, like because of course like they're having ESP communication, right? Exactly, because they, you know, that Thorin knows something everybody else doesn't know, right? That the, that the dwarves are about to show up, and um, so he's looking at the Raven. They show a shot of the Raven, and at the shot of the Raven, I just want a subtitle saying, "I do not call this council good." That's all. That's all I ask. <laughs> Is that so much? I don't know if people heard it. I actually said it aloud in the theater when we were watching it. You know, I didn't get to that scene. When you watched it as a group? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just kind of added that editorially, you know, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, now, you know, when we have, whenever we have a Hobbit trilogy movie marathon, this will be, it'll be like a Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Everybody that knows Corey will go, I do not call this council good. I do not when call that, this council that's, good. That's, exactly. Yeah, no, that's just, that's, that's, that's the obvious line that should be there. And, you know, <laughs> um, it's clear. Uh, uh, oh, actually. And I, I, by the way, I'm sure there will be Hobbit movie marathons in the future. Once uh, the, there probably you know, will once. be. Um, uh, I think the tone at a Hobbit movie marathon would be very different from the tone at a Lord of the Rings movie from marathon. The tone of, but I agree. I agree. Um, yes. But uh, actually, Robert just asked me a question which a lot of people have been asking me, and so I, I actually I, I wouldn't mind just taking a minute to address it now. Um, am I going to watch the uh, four-hour fan-edited version that somebody has 
produced. You know, you guys, you guys have heard of this, right? The uh, the right. the fan edition, a they, single movie, four yeah, hours long, a single yeah. four hour movie mm-hmm. that they made. Um, am I going to watch that? Um, no, I don't think I'm going to. I'm I'm really not very interested in it. And let me try to explain why I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in it because basically, it seems to me that. My understanding of it is that they've cut out all of the non-book material uh, from uh, from the thing, um, by which I assume they mean all of the other background material, like all of the the you know, like the stuff at Dol Guldur and everything. I, I don't want that. I don't want you know I, to take Peter Jackson's Hobbit and just say like, let's pretend that Peter Jackson's Hobbit just follows the book is silly. Um, it's not attempting to find the tone is still going to be all wrong um, because it's not what they're doing. They're not doing the published Hobbit. Um, I don't want, I, I, don't, I don't want somebody to try to make believe that Peter Jackson's Hobbit films were actually just trying to do the published Hobbit. Um, what I want is Peter Jackson's project done more successfully. You know, I want, I, I want the, 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 right. the story that he was doing, the, the wider angle, um, you know where things were at this stage in the history of the Third Age of Middle Earth story, and how the the Erebor thing fits in. That's the story that I want. Um, and uh, and oh, D May tells me they cut the chip the plates, the chip the glasses and crack the plate song. No excuse. Well, then I'm definitely not watching it. Forget about it because then they're not even doing the because that was in the book. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and and actually yeah. that's one of the only huh. parts from the films that's very much in the spirit of the book actually. Um, you know, the the spirit with which they're teasing Bilbo and singing that song. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, that you've just articulated my response too, which was uh, um I don't know. It I, that that whole thing that strikes me as sort of the bad side of the internet. Whereas I think what we're doing is actually fairly positive. Yeah, we criticized a lot of stuff in the films, but 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 we're not but not in a sort of let's show how clever we are and one up Peter Jackson way. Like that whole thing seems like that seems in the, in the that seems like a in the mean spirited vein uh, of what people have been saying all along about I turned the short Hobbit book into three films. I can't believe right. they did it. It's just a lot right. of you know which which from the very beginning we've completely disagreed with. And you're right, like. They cut out all the like the problem with Peter Jackson stuff is not that he added filler material that it's too wrong or too long. It's just that it wasn't successfully ex- executed. He didn't tell a good story of his own, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't read any of the details because I really couldn't care less about the the whole four hour thing, um, uh, which strikes me as you know very, I don't know, pedantic, but. Um, yeah. If you're what you're saying is true, they cut out the the song and they cut out all the interesting extra, you know, wonderful material, and they're just doing the here's what the Hobbit should be, just straight out of the book. Yeah, screw that. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm really not. I I I I don't even feel tempted. It's not even like oh, you know, I'd really like to kind of watch that, but I don't have time. Like I don't really want to watch it. I'm not interested at all. I I, I yeah. I mean, I like the story that they attempted to do. I like the concept of the Peter Jackson films. I like... I'm even I'm even willing to accept, like, all of the fundamental changes that they made. Like, I'm fine with Toriel. I'm fine with... Um, uh, with Azog. I, 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 I can accept those things. Um... I just want this... I just want the story told better. I, you know, I, I would like to see it done... done better. Again, not done fundamentally differently, like, though that might be interesting someday. Um... But um, 
but anyway, I I I, mean, I don't know. I mean, like, and yeah, I don't want to be. You know, uh, Trip thinks we're being too hard on the guy. I don't want to be hard on the guy. Like, it, you know, maybe it's a. I, I I I don't know his motivations for doing it. And as I said, I haven't really seen it. I'm just not particularly interested in a much shorter. I, I don't think that that. Um, it's very difficult for me to imagine that the result of cutting, you know, like eight hours out of the Hobbit films is going to be like, this is the movie that Peter Jackson should have done. Yeah. It's like, no, what he should have done was well, a 14 hour film done right, <laughs> you know, done, done better. Yeah. Well, because, does I mean, anyone else I haven't seen like, it either, but uh, it sounds like a book purist view. You know, it sounds yeah, to me like maybe. it's somebody I don't that's know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Gore does anybody else feel that, um, you know, in this film, um, you know, I thought in the the previous two films, the action sequences really served more of a purpose. You know, they were they were fun sometimes, like Bomber and the Barrel and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. you know, there was there was at least some character development in this film. I thought a lot was sacrificed to just yeah. action sequences. You know, it's hard to really yeah yeah. Yeah, no, didn't I, didn't forward the story that much. Right. Most of so. the dwarves are just a backdrop in this in this uh, in this uh, episode in this part of the movie trilogy. I hear that though. In part, my objection to the film was to its inaction rather than its action. Like I was much more bothered by Thorin and the dwarves sitting around an Erebor doing nothing than I was bothered by the sequences when mm-hmm. they were out doing action. It's hard because you know. I mean, this is a war movie. This is a war, this is the battle film, right? So a lot of the stuff, ha- you know, is battle sequence. Um, the only things that I really felt that way about were the Legolas action sequences. Um, those for me, and like the absolutely interminable yes. fight with Bulk. It, you know, like that. Things like that bothered me in this film yes. much more than action yes. sequences bothered me in the other. Well, films. you know, and if you if you contrast some of the later scenes with um, the scene of Bard, you know, fighting the dragon. I thought that was brilliant. Bard and his son, that interaction there, that was brilliant. And I thought that was, that kind of character development was lacking. And, and um, yeah, like Legolas and Bold, which was just about, you know, impossible physics. And... Oh, man. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, the Bard thing oh, anyway. was about impossible, too, but it was impossible physics for a good cause. <laughs> right. I mean, the, exactly. the old Legolas defiance of physics was just more of the same Legolas stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and it's like it wasn't. Oh, let's see how cool we can make this. And right, the bits yeah, about we have to have Legolas doing, you know, <laughs> impossible things. That's yeah, of tradition. Like the bits where, for instance, like when uh, Legolas managed to transfer Orcrist back to Thorin by like throwing the sword at the goblin and then Thorin pulling it out of the corpse <laughs> of the goblin as it falls over. I like that. Like I'm fine you with mean, that. After he steered him, after he steered. Yeah. Oh, that was the goblin. No, oh no, yeah, no, they, that was the uh, that troll or whatever that he steers into the into the tower. No, 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 no. When he's on the tower and he throws the sword up at the goblin, he's right. just about to kill Thorin, who's dangling off the edge of the waterfall and. Thorin pulls the sword out of the, you know, like reaches out and grabs the hilt and unsheaths it from the corpse as it flies over the thing. I like, like, I'm fine with that. Like, yes, of course, that's very unlikely, just like the barrel sequence uh, fighting scene. But I don't mind that so much because, Laura, as you say, there's like actual story progress being made and character development that's going on in those moments. Um, 
it's the uh, you know Legolas and the bat, and Legolas steering the troll by stimulating its brain centers, and the you know Legolas jumping off of falling rocks. That um, uh, that uh, that I just was really frustrated by. <laughs> but the rest of it, I mean, the actual battle sequences, I thought, um, although often ridiculous, I, I I I didn't think them excessive in terms of how long they were on screen exactly because it was a battle movie. I was I was ready for a battle movie. But okay, shall we? Uh, yeah, we should. We should. We should probably. We should probably right. Okay, how will Thranduil relate to the men of Lake Town with regard to the siege? A. As a wise and benevolent and passive supporter. Book answer. B. As an active ally on equal terms. C. As the dominant force of the combined army. D. The two armies arrive at Erebor independently. I think we need to shelve this one. I think we should come back to it. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember why we didn't have an E on this one. There are definitely arguments that could be made for a couple of these, I think. So we should we should we should reserve yeah. this for discussion. Okay. Oh, what does Bilbo do with the Arkenstone, okay. right? Does Bilbo do with the Arkenstone? I'm not sure he does. <laughs> oh smarty, you're a smarty. <laughs> what do, what what does Bilbo do with the Arkenstone? A gives it to the elves and or men, book answer. B gives it to Thorn and or another dwarf. C keeps it. D he never had it. E none of the above, for example, gives it to Gandalf, loses it, it is wrested from him by force. Was the Arkenstone in answer, this movie? Right? Yeah. There was an Arkenstone <laughs> in this movie. Briefly. Oh, I just saw like a, I just saw like a shiny um, rock. I didn't realize that was actually the Arkenstone. <laughs> you would have never known. You mean the super mystical Arkenstone that we've been seeing for two movies? Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing Thorne yeah, had that big plan to to, that anyway? to, to to you know get the Arkenstone because that turned out to be crucial. All right, I know. And it, it, it conferred amazing powers on people mm-hmm. that came close to it. Totally worth hiring a burglar and bringing him across half the continent to sneak in so that you can get your favorite <laughs> binky out of the mountain. That was absolutely <laughs> worthwhile. That's a good line. <laughs> Tweet that line out. Get your favorite binky out of the mountain. Oh, man. That is what it devolved to, isn't it? it Especially is. with Voyance's explanation. Yes. <laughs> I want my Arkenstone! Okay. okay. <laughs> what Here's becomes my of Radagast in movie three? <laughs> he lives and disappears. Hey, what does? <laughs> he lives and disappears uh, from the story, book answer. He's killed. <laughs> the next three are all him dying in various ways. He's killed. He's killed. Killed, killed, killed. Elder, yeah. killed in the Battle of Five Armies. Killed by Saruman. Or none of the above. Boy, you know, I am shocked at the answer to this one. You can't rule out <laughs> that he was killed at the Battle of Five Armies. No, you can't. <laughs> although, although, unless, except you do, except with the stipulation of, with the stipulation of the real game applies to the theatrical release. The theatrical release, yeah. Oh, spoil sport. A. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, because uh, here's what I think we're going to see in the extended did he, edition. He didn't survive. Did he jump off an eagle? Like, like No, Bayorn? he never jumped off the eagle. I don't think he well, jumped. No, we didn't just, see him jump off. Just show him on it. We didn't see him jump off. And what we also didn't see is like right after Bjorn jumps off, the next sequence was going to be Saruman <laughs> coming out of nowhere and clubbing... <laughs> 
Radagast <laughs> off the eagle, and he falls to his death. So, yeah. sadly, that didn't make the theatrical cut, know. but it's totally there. I still want to know. I, I'm assuming it was a gift, because I'm still wanting to know. Radagast shows up on the eagle, yet Gandalf has his staff. So I'm assuming we're going to see Radag- Radagast bequeath his staff to, to Gandalf. I can't believe we didn't have the, the option. Uh, he flies an eagle off into quiet retirement. Yeah. <laughs> into after, the west. Into the undying west. Or something. Um, after making himself irrelevant to everything. Um, yeah. To, to I, being I, in the movie at all. I think we're going to see him uh, I think we're going to see him perform a paratrooper thing like uh, Bayorn, but but he's going to jump and realize that he doesn't have the ability to transform into a bear, and we're just going to see him hit the ground. And... Right. Yeah, he just plummets to his <laughs> death. Anti-climatic. Yeah. Yeah. He'll land on spikes yeah. like Saruman did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, who's uh, Laura? That's okay. Right. Oh, oh, Wait. it's me. Oh, sorry. Just on that last one. So, so we're thinking A is really the right, not none of the above. Well, you know, I'm kind of tempted by none of the above. I don't know if it's worth debating. Um, one might. Well, I oh, think, I think we have. I, I we have shelf. never done riddles in the dark applying to anything but the theatrical release. No, 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 no. That, that that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, like because if he if we did not see him and his stupid hat on that eagle, the answer would clearly have been A. Clearly be A. Clearly be A. The but he the didn't disappear can... from the story completely because he shows up on a bloody eagle yeah. at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't disappear from the screen. But... You can make the argument that he doesn't... No, no, you actually you can't. I was going to say, you, you could make the argument he doesn't participate in the story, but no, no, he brought the eagles. Right. But uh, you don't even know that he got off the eagle. We don't know if he participated in the battle. He basically lives and disappears from the story. Once we see him on the eagle, that's it. That's but he, we don't you see can't him make anymore. any inferences. Yeah. You can't make any inferences in base of yeah, But he, he brought the. That's, that's I, think you can, I think you can infer he brought the eagles. That's not a disappearance yeah, from you the can story. Infer that. Okay, defer this but, one. But it's defer, also not defer dying. this one. We'll come back yeah, to yeah, it. I'll, There's too much disagreement. No, no, no. I think it's going to be E, but defer. Yeah, defer. We're shelving this one. Yeah. All right. He didn't die. I mean, anyway. All right. All right. Okay, whatever. I think it's Corey. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, it's Who's me. Who's it now? I think it's Corey. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, it's Laura. Go ahead. It's me. It's me. Where will Sauron be during the Battle of Five Armies? Fleeing or feigning to from Dol Guldur, headed to Barad-dûr, remotely directing his armies, taking part in the battle in person, lurking ominously somewhere, or none of the above. And I think it's clearly a... Yeah, he's clearly not remotely directing the I think that's what that, light, <laughs> that lightning in the sky was Off doing, in the west. right? Yes. Was, yes. That, yeah. was, that towards the, was that towards the... What direction was oh, that Oh, yeah, no, he was... He was uh, Sauron was... I mean, we'd have to basically do some... Uh, um, spectrographic now, measurements know, to Dave, see if Sauron was redshifted. We see him fleeing, so maybe yeah, we know, did. Right. another answer. Yeah, we he did. He disappeared from <laughs> the story. No, he's clearly redshifted, <laughs> so it's obvious that he's fleeing yeah. away from Dol Guldur at that <laughs> time. We did see... Your own criteria. One might one might argue one might uh, one might argue it could be E since we didn't include an option for performing sort of a deflating balloon. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Exactly. See, because it, that's right. He didn't exactly Gladriel, flee, and he didn't exactly faint. No. Gladriel, Gladriel popped him, and then he kind of does that. That's 
thing implies <laughs> right. That's right. Right. That's you. That's so. clearly fleeing. That's clearly so fleeing. It's just fleeing See, in a particularly yeah. precipitous and undignified you decided manner. That's the right answer. So you're gonna you're gonna support but, that. I mean, if I if you know, I could I could argue. I mean, I'm, I agree that it is. But I mean, I'm just still itch. I'm still really. Rub, rubbed raw about the last. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it may still turn out to be A. We we're just going to end up. So, uh, yeah, Sauron was obviously. Oh, what did I do there? Oops. Sauron was obviously fleeing, but I don't think any of us imagined that it would be portrayed on screen like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, the manner but, yeah, of it. Is this is not good. I think we have an operator error here. You oh. guys keep talking, and let me just okay. double check on this because I have two of the same, which means I must have left something out. Uh-oh. Oh, so. Here, wait. Let why don't me, you Why don't you um, unshare your screen then while you while you fix it? Okay, I'm doing exactly that cool. very thing. All right. Oh, good. Well, so keep it. Well, since we're stuck on this riddle, we'll just uh, keep uh, complaining about Dol Guldur some more. Yeah, let's complain. No. Oh man. Yeah, that was really. This is a perilous place to leave us, Trish. Uh, like we're we're like we're, we're like three seconds away from from like uh, reinvigorating the Galadriel rants here. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, no, instead, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's see, okay. Um, he is... Yeah, I, I think they needed, they needed to pay more attention to the scene and less to Legolas, you know, jumping off falling masonry. Yeah, well, I... Because it just wasn't very well done. No, it wasn't. And, and, and I thought, I mean... I was okay Galadriel, the way she was holding Gandalf was yeah. very awkward, and yeah. it well, was just... Awkward. Yeah, Galadriel is all kinds of awkward. Um, in, uh, in, but, but um, you know, the actual flight of Sauron, I was okay with. Um, I mean, when I ask myself, I mean, Dave, as you say, we didn't imagine that the fleeing would look like that. But then again, you know, when I ask myself, well, what would I expect it to look like? Um, I mean, it's not like I would have expected an actual like anthropomorphic figure sprinting across the landscape, or like you know whistling up a bunny sled of his own and taking off. I mean, like so him disappearing as like a, a you know a, a fiery light vanishing off into the distance. Um, that you know, it seems to me as fair a way to conceive of Saruman, uh, you know, fleeing. Um, as any I can think of, um, you're right, Robert. It would have been a black squirrel sleigh. Uh, that would have been uh, that would have been really cool. Uh, <laughs> then he and Radagast could have had like drag races and and uh, and Nazgul sleigh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they, they could have like <laughs> nine little ghost sleds, uh, you know, behind them. Um, but uh, um, anyway, so that I don't mind. To me, the big problem was they never came back to it. You know, it just seemed to me like another thing that was just dropped and that that was just really not closed. Um, I was hoping for another thing from Saruman, but yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of a reference to the Lord of the Rings movies, though. That that was sort of um, a little bit of a bridge between, you know, uh, the Hobbit and what Saruman was going to do in the Lord of the Rings, so that didn't that didn't really bother me that part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hope I'm I'm still hoping that we see a little bit more of Saruman's corruption and the extent in the yeah. infamous extended I mean, edition. I kind of like how Saruman was handled. I'm actually okay with leaving Saruman there, but just something. Well, I, I guess what I'm really missing was the Rivendell scene that I was assuming we were going to get. 
you know, with like Gandalf yeah. and Elrond talking about it. Um, some kind yes. of debriefing at the yes. end. Um, even yes. just uh, like, by the way, is Galadriel going to be okay? Or is she, does she permanently, yeah. st- like, you know, is she going to be able to grow out her hair again after that? You know, are we going to, um, uh, something, you know, but no. We, does we, she we need don't. to see a therapist? Right, exactly, right, yeah. Has she started her counseling yet? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we, should we, you know, Elrond, should we start planning our intervention? Uh, uh... Anyway, number 12. (laughs) Which Erebor dwarves will live and which will die in the Battle of Five Armies? A, Thorin, Fiwi, and Keeley. The book answer. Uh, B, is the more, is the Rankin-Bass answer. The extra dwarves die answer. C, is the fewer dwarves die answer. D, Thorin unaccountably lives because the uh, appeal from the petition went through. E, none of the above. Some other bizarre combination as yet unanticipated by us. I would just like to say... I would just like to say you can't prove... That Feely's dead. <laughs> yes, I wow. saw him stabbed by Azog. Yes, I saw him drop off a cliff. But I've seen all 13 of those dwarves survive a great deal more than that over the course of this <laughs> film. And indeed, usually without much of a, lo- of a long-term injury sustained as a consequence. Keely's body, right. we saw Toriel mourning over, so he's obviously dead. Thorin, we actually witnessed the breath leave his body at the moment of his death. Feely gets stabbed and dropped, and we never see his body again. Didn't we see and, his lifeless eyes at some point? And we never are told officially who is king under the mountain after Thorin. That see, is so true. this is like the Radagast question. This is exactly the same as the Radagast question because we did not see it. Therefore, you can't prove that Fiwi did not, in <laughs> fact, survive and become king. So there. <laughs> Good thing none of you are lawyers. <laughs> Sharon, I agree. Uh, this is uh, Sharon Hoff is saying this is why we need a funeral scene in this movie. And yes, my silly argument here yeah, is, yeah. In, it, it, is sort do. of like a cloaked complaint about the fact that we never got. I mean, Feely is. It like, is. Yeah. Feely is like, like he's literally dropped out of the film. Like he plummets and then he's gone, and we never see him again. Um, and that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I. The, the answer is clearly A. I'm not actually going to try to protest that. I mean, but. you know, and I got to say, I mean, even if we see a funeral in the extended edition, it's like, why couldn't we have seen it in the theatrical release? I mean, that would be a completion of a pretty strong part yeah. of the story. And how long you know? would that have taken? I mean, seriously, would people complain? You could have done it in two minutes. It didn't have to, you didn't even have to include dialogue. Just give us, you know, some music and a, and, and like a pastiche of images and then cut to Bilbo's departure scene. I mean, that wouldn't have been or hard. Or the Bilbo goodbye scene could have been while the guys were mourning around the, the buyers of the dead dwarves, you know? I mean, it, yeah. it didn't have to be within Lost Kind of like they did with anyway. Theodred. Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, that we, was the extended we, edition. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, we didn't right. even, and I've long since forgotten what's in the extended edition and the theatrical edition. I haven't watched the theatrical edition of of the Lord of the Rings films in like since they were in the theaters. So I, I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, it's. 
Um, and, and, you know, Yana says that, you know, is pointing to how short Theodred's funeral was. I wouldn't even have needed as much as that. You know, certainly not even as much as that, you know, like the scene that we get with, uh, uh, with, um, you know, Theoden weeping by the... More like know, that. By, by they the... could have done something more like that. The one between or whatever, and or, or less. I'm fine. Just like, but like, yeah, like corpses laid out in the Arkenstone on, on, on Thorin's breast. Like, seriously, that that's not too much to ask for, is it? I mean, come on. And then Bilbo coming by and say, hey, I'm out of here. Bye, guys. Right. That's right. Yeah, Bilbo shows up with his backpack on. Um but right. Uh, right in the middle of the funeral, Jackson should right. have. Jackson should have hired. Well, no, that wouldn't be a funeral. It'd just be them mourning. It'd be them, you know, yeah. standing. No, I mean, I wouldn't, fired. of course, argue for Bilbo's departure in the middle of the morning. But uh, no, but but, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. But yes, there is no official closure on the Fuey story, so I am not going to ever admit that I am definitively wrong on the Fuey taking over as king under the mountain. Fine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but but it's fine. But, but again, I, I'm not actually fighting it. The answer is obviously A for number twelve. A, but it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so thirteen is where will the deathbed conversation between Bilbo and Thorin occur? Someplace you would never expect. In a tent in Dale is the book answer. On the battlefield is B. In the mountain, meaning Erebor, is C. D. It doesn't take place. And E. None of the above. E. At the edge of a frozen waterfall. That's right. <laughs> Completely apart from the battlefields. Now, I... I, um... I think it's got to be B. I mean, that that's, that's I agree the spirit that the, of yeah, it, right? Exactly. I, mean... I was thinking the same thing. The spirit of the thing is, like, he's killed in battle and then dies on the spot. Um, yes, of course, we were all assuming that this fight would be down in the valley rather than randomly up on top of the mountain. Um, but to me, I mean, yeah, I, so I get behind that. You, I get you behind could argue that because for it is, e it's, it's, because it's, it's an Azog sent, you know, sent command central, which is still part of the battlefield. Right, right. So, yeah. I oh, I and by that. the way, how did how did Azog set up that whole thing without anybody seeing him? Weren't there elves there? You know, well, the, like the, the thing was obviously thing, like appeared from nowhere, and it's that had to take some time to set up. Well, but I don't, you, you know, yeah, the, the troops came in with uh, the worms, but yeah, he had to. Set I was up thinking that about that. Right yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking ab- about that watching it the second time because I was listening to people's complaints about that, and it was you know looking carefully at it, it lo- it looks pretty clear like his semaphore apparatus thing. Is obviously a mobile unit. I mean, like it's not something that like they had to laboriously construct on the spot. So it's like um, a telescoping easel they got at Staples or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this you know this is like the finest goblin engineering <laughs> involved in making a, a, a portable semaphore unit for. Uh, <clears throat> for well, maybe Azov. the bats flew it in or something. Or yeah, or you know, or something. <laughs> so like the idea that they he could have erected it you know, in only, like, a very short time seems to me reasonable. Um, like, yeah. how he got up onto Raven Hill in the first place and why it would be... It doesn't make much sense that his command post is on Raven Hill. Um, and honestly, it, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, it kind of seems to me that the only reason his command post, the only excuse for his command post being on Raven Hill is they want it to be in the same place where the other... You know the the other goblin army, Bolg's goblin army, um, from Gundabad is supposed to be coming up over the top of the mountain 
because they're following the book of the goblins who came up the climbed up the backside of the mountain and thus were able to attack the position from the top. Um, that's that's so there they're working with book stuff. They wanted the final confrontation to be up there. It seems because they wanted the whole like. Thorin doesn't know that a whole army of Gundabad orcs is about to come upon him where he is right now, so Bilbo has to run up there to warn him subplot. That seems pretty transparent, that that's why... Because there's no other excuse for... I mean, if he's going to set up on a mountain, there, there were other there were other hills, it, uh, as they depicted it in the... You know, less so in the book, but in the film, there were other hills there that he could more conveniently have set up on, like mm-hmm. on top of the hill where the worms were coming out, you know, the, that the sandworms sort of, you know, sort of breached out of. Um, spice! Spice! Yeah, exactly. Um, do we think there's enough... I mean, is there enough argument for E? I mean, it's techni- I mean, E is kind of technically true. It is technically true, but I do think... I do agree with you guys that I think the spirit of the thing, much like the spirit of Radagast on the Eagle, is, you know, supporting A... Um, in that question, I think it is. <laughs> Trish just throws that in there. Yeah. I'm just not going to let that go. Yeah. Um, I, I think we can extend <laughs> Battlefield to include the Frozen Waterfall. I'll, I'll give you that point, and I'm going to remember that I gave on this. Oh, oh I see. Now you're going to construct this as a compromise on your part <laughs> so, to try to earn yourself price. No. no way. No way. No way. No, no. I, I do think. I mean, as much as I really would have liked to see them be, as I said, you know, more down in the action, maybe off to one side kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think they'll battle. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I, I believe. When in concept, what this question was talking about was yeah, was yeah. that they would do exactly what they did, that they would go for the most screen time efficient solution, which is Thorn would be killed, Bilbo would stumble upon his body, uh, you know, that there wouldn't be time to haul to haul him out of the battle and take him to a tent and all that, you know. Right. It, to the extent right. that we say, well, technically it's not on the battlefield. I think what that is is that is once again us complaining about the way they actually handled the battle. Right. right. We would right. have preferred that Thorn be in the middle of the battle, mm-hmm. but but clearly in concept, what they did is what we meant when we said on the battlefield. Yeah, right. exactly. As opposed to being like inside the mountain or something. Kristen Hauk says it really well. Thorin wasn't yeah. moved after he was wounded. That's that's exactly because right. I mean that's what our choices are, right? Choice A is. The battle yeah. is over, and and he's been taken to a you know to like a hospital location essentially, and he dies there. B is he dies where he falls. C is basically he's he's triumphantly brought inside the mountain for you know for for dramatic reasons and chooses to die there. Um, uh, you know, D he never has the conversation with Bilbo, so it, it, it's clearly the, the spirit is clear. E was really thrown in there as a like if something completely wacky happens that we can't even imagine. Yeah, um, that we couldn't imagine. But although yeah. the geographic location was something we didn't imagine, the situation was very much one of our main options. So right, 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 yep. right. Yep. See, yes, okay. All right. What is the attitude about the future in the Erebor region after the battle? A. They think that peace is here to stay. <laughs> Book answer. <laughs> B. Everyone believes it is the beginning of times of war, and they need to prepare. C. They recognize the possibility of war, but are not making active preparations. D. There is a strong division of opinion. And E. Nobody ever talks about it at all. None of the above. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Uh, how can you even answer that? Do there's we feel no there's enough to talk about really... to have further debate, or do we is. just go is with there? E? I mean, I'm thinking E is the answer, because they don't even really... 
Yeah. Nobody really addresses it. Right. <laughs> Again, I like well, wait, your, I like Thranduil says, Thranduil tells his son to go find Strider. That's, ah, that's like the ooh, most you get. Yeah. It? Okay. Yep. Defer. Uh, defer. Ooh. Defer. Defer. Yeah. No, I think this Give is a more discussion because that's actually Defer. Defer. I need to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to think about that. Yeah. Give me a break. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dave, this is you, I think. Just because you've watched the movie 15 times by this time. What will Bilbo's relationship with the ring look like at the end of the movie 3, not including the frame? Uh, He keeps it with him and regards it as a useful trinket. He keeps it with him but is distrustful of it. That's B. C, he stores it away and doesn't use it. D, he considers it as a souvenir and keeps it on his mantle. E, none of the above. F, it's somewhat ambiguous, but they play the ominous music from Lord of the Rings. So they right. hunt, they hint that it's maybe evil. <laughs> defer, defer, defer. There's definitely, this is definitely there, a defer. There's it's definitely a something we can talk about here. I think the only reason I think it's a defer and that it's not simply, uh, who knows, E, none of the above, they really didn't show much, uh, is that is 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 the implication of that scene at the end with the, yeah. with the ominous right. music. Um, yeah, though I'm also yeah. very interested in the para- in the transition back to the frame um, and how, you know, we uh, end with yeah. like Martin Freeman looking at the ring in his hand and then we get I Ian Holm looking I'll at the ring I'll tell you ahead of time, I think it's going to be prob- it's going to be the A or C. I mean, that's my opinion at the moment. Yeah. Because of that, because of what you just said. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Though I could make an argument for B, I think, but um, Oh, really? You really tr- I, I think I, I was thinking yeah. Well, actually, no, it can't be C because it's in his pocket, so it would either be A or B. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking B. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, hmm. sadly, we didn't get the Rankin-Bass answer. He didn't put it under a glass case on his uh, mantelpiece. That's sad. I guess Jackson was probably thinking <laughs> Rankin-Bass already did that so perfectly yeah, that you know, there's really no reason for him to try to do that again. So That is, there That's really right. is. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, it's just the perfect end to a perfect okay. film, the Rankin Bass one was. So that's the end of the riddles, and oh, I think we I, only I have three, I maybe haven't... four. Yeah, sorry. Go, Wait, go ahead, Lauren. I, I have an alternate answer for that oh. one. He, he keeps it with him and considers it an introduction to the next three movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, that is kind of yes. the Rankin Bass answer, actually. You know, the Rankin Bass <laughs> ended their Hobbit film with like heavy-handed hints about the sequel to come. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Um, okay, so go back through. How many do we? How many do we have to to to, to discuss? So we have this one. This two, two. There's two. I think we have four. Two. Three. three four. Five. Five. Okay, five. I think we that could probably do that in one episode. That may take us more than one episode. more episode, do you think? Eh, we'll probably do it in one okay. episode. Okay. All right. So here we have the Conundra. We may have some here, too, as well, okay. by the way. Oh, yeah, we got we to gotta do this relatively quickly here. Okay. Okay. So, do you want to still do round robin? In which case, it would be Dave. Yeah, why don't you read them? Yeah. Just read them. Why don't you read them? Yeah. And then I'll just yeah. type in the... Okay. Will Bolg and Azog both be at the Battles of Five Armies? Yes, they were. Mm -hmm. Will Legolas spot the Dol Guldur army and warn his father? Nope. No. It was the other army. It was the other army. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And he didn't warn his father anyway. So I got got it partly right. He didn't warn his father. Yeah. 
Will we right. see a direct connection between Smaug and Sauron in movie three? He would have had to work awfully fast. No. No. Because no. there wasn't time. No. Uh, will Tariel be involved in breaking Bard out of prison? No. She wasn't. Nope. Tario was remarkably passive during the Wake Town destruction. She was. She didn't look too upset, actually, about what was going on. Will the Lake Town dwarves arrive at the Lonely Mountain before the siege? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes. Will Roach by name appear in movie three? Unfortunately, no. (sighs) Will (laughs) Thranduil move? Will Thranduil's move towards Erebor reflect a clear change in his isolationist policy? Let's talk about that one. Well, let's re- yeah, because the thing what he says, like listen at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Will it be made clear that the Arkenstone has supernatural? You see, that's a problem. <laughs> You're so, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Will it be made clear that the Arkenstone has supernatural properties? <laughs> no. no. I guess you couldn't say it's made clear. That, that's what I was saying. That's no, such no. a well-worded question. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Trish, was that one of yours? Okay. No, that's perfectly made clear. Perfectly worded. No, no, never. No, it's yeah. perfect. If it had just been, will the Arkenstone have supernatural properties? We'd argue, but yeah, <laughs> right, but nobody could argue that it, it was made clear that it does. <laughs> nothing, nothing was made. Clear. Now, if it, said, <laughs> if it had said, will it be made clear that the Arkenstone has prop, cert, special properties in subsequent interviews with the filmmakers? <laughs> Sorry, Laura. Sorry. <laughs> we feel the need to explain what we should be thinking about the movie. Right, right. Anyway, sorry. Yes. That's okay. Will Elrond show up in person for the Battle of Dol Guldur? Why, yes, he does. Will the Witch King make an appearance at the Battle of Dol Guldur? No. No, wait, the Witch King. Wait, the Witch King. Does no, he? no, no. Yes, yes. Oh, at the Battle yes. of Dol Guldur, I'm sorry. Well, I was thinking the Battle of Five Armies. Wait, yep. Yes. Battle of Dol Guldur. He's there. Yes, he He's there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, there yeah, were nine. There were nine Nazgul, so I assume he was there. But there. do you, can, can you guys know which nine. one he yeah. was? Can you identify him? Mm-mm. Just, just this so. is just out of curiosity. Well, he I, wasn't the one with the curly horns. Mm-mm. And he was the one we originally saw in movie one, I, I think. Know. Or we're yeah. supposed to meet, we're supposed to think. It's screenshot. never really explained. He actually. was the one who was standing in the Even, middle no, when they were all in a rank. Even in the first movie, he's not clearly. Why, why do we have up two Roak Yeah, I know, I know. Somebody already. I've, that's been pointed out to me a bunch already, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, cause I think it's because you should have a screenshot of the like of moments. the Nazgul and try to figure out which one. Yes. He is. Yes. Oh. This sounds like a great. We, we need a. Yeah. yeah. We need a screenshot from Fellowship of the Ring, though, because you know, in movie one, it, it even wasn't explained that the guy who who attacked Radagast was the Witch King. I mean, they did afterwards yeah. in interviews. But so eleven is clearly there. yes, right? Okay. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Well, oh, yes, he did show up. He did up. show up. He's just it not doesn't named. say by name. The first <laughs> one was by right. name, but by golly, he well, was there. Will there be a raven that's on right. screen that we can call Roak? That's right. That's right. Yes. By golly. Yes. So it's different. Yeah. Will Tariel die with Keeley? No, she didn't I die. Surprised me. I thought she would. <laughs> okay. 
Will the Arkenstone be buried with Thorin? We have no Who idea. knows? Okay, point. Oh, man. Don't know. Now, see, Don't normally know. this one would be deferred. You know, if this if there yes. was going to be another movie, this would be one of the ones that's deferred. I mean, it must I, be technically, no. I guess the answer is no, right? It's be no. no, as far Not... as we know, Thorin wasn't even, they just left his corpse for <laughs> <laughs> It should say, was Thorin buried? <laughs> was Thorin buried? Who For knows? was shown on know. screen in the theatrical release, Thorin was, Thorin's corpse was abandoned at the top right. of the waterfall. Yes, yes. The crows and jackals are feasting on Thorin's now. corpse. Up on, yes, exactly. Um, yes. I think if they split that book into three movies, they'd have time to show a burial scene. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> we'll, yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. We're getting to my favorite conundrum. So let's keep going. Will okay. we see Bilbo at Rivendell in movie three, i.e. on his way home? No. We did no. not see that, unfortunately. No, and we no. didn't get to hear the song or anything. Yeah. No, no. Will we see the auction at Bag End in the third <laughs> of the movie? Yes. And I got this wrong. I didn't think they'd do it, but they Admirable did. Admirable screen time <laughs> given to the, the auction. Yeah. It, yes, there was. Yep. It, it, Look at we got right. through them all, and it's time for uh, Corey's son to not freeze to death. That's I right. I was keeping my eye on the on my watch. I oh, didn't no, want him to freeze. In the end, were. in the end, our fears for these films were correct. Uh, way back when we were even when we thought they were just going to do two, and everybody was saying, "How could they possibly make two movies out of this short book?" And we were saying. How could they possibly put in everything that we think they need to put in to make successful films and tell the story they need to tell? And we were right. In three movies. Somehow yeah. they futzed around, wasted time on dumb stuff, and then left out all these essential things like Thorin's burial, a funeral, Bilbo stopping well, at Rivendell, and Roax. What happens to Radagast? Yeah, Roax. What happened to Radagast? The Battle of Dol Guldur was pretty anticlimactic. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they, we were right. They should have killed. They should have moved faster in those first two films, but they messed around. We were right. That's absolutely true. Or left some stuff got, out of the first two films. We got, a, we got a lot of Alfred. We found everything we wanted to know about Alfred, but <laughs> yeah. nothing about the. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Good deal. Right. Good deal. More. Uh, by true. the way, Sharon has has already provided us the link uh, yep. to the. And I can't make out anything. I can. Yet. He's the one standing right behind Galadriel, like, obviously. I- um, oh uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Paste the, the link in, the and in the middle. Okay. P- paste the link in, and, and you can you can you can share that, Trish. Okay, let me. I'm gonna turn my sharing off so you guys don't have to see this horrible thing happening. Okay, let me find it. By the way, this keep, um, keep talking, keep talking. You know, you know that that battle was was just just to slide into book purist form. That battle was horribly non-canonical, right? Like. Like they were doing all kinds of weird stuff with, with Elrond knocking the one of the shades over, stabbing it with the stabbing it with his sword, and having it like vibrate weirdly and then disappear and then reform someplace. Uh, 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 yeah. That was my favorite moment. <clears throat> my favorite moment was when was when uh, <laughs> was when Elrond kicked an incorporeal spirit off a cliff. Yeah. That was my that was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So this guy right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Clearly. Ah, yes. 
clearly. He's got the hat. Not he's got the hat. Exactly. He's got that. No, exactly. that guy. That guy. He's that like the witch king that. wannabe. He's like, I want to dress up like the witch, witch <laughs> oh, he, king because he's I, the guy. He's the other name Nazgul, probably right. The one that ended up living in Dol Guldur. Yeah, you know, he's got the. the he was. No, yeah. The guy's name Kelly Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I don't remember. Oh, Gothmog. Gothmog. No, it wasn't Gothmog. Why am I blanking on anyway, this? Oh, the other what's name's his name? Nazgul. Yeah, come on. Come on. Trivia contest. Yeah. Trivia contest. Kamul. Thank you. Gabriel and yeah, Robert. Yeah, I knew that I, Kumar, I, was I, on I, there. I, knew, I knew that Robert would be so that's, good for this guy here, thank right? you. Kamul, so that's yes. This guy, guy is the jester. I love that this dude. Is the He's my favorite yeah, one. That's my favorite guy. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the one Nazgul that knows how to juggle. Yeah, the one with the horned helm and the big old mace. That is a massive mace. Yeah, and then this poor guy yes, just hardly is. gets any screen screenshot at all. Look at that poor guy. I don't yeah. know, the guy to the left of the Witch King. I'm that weapon does this not guy? look. That weapon does not look like it's an effective weapon. I think it's like. Um, I think it's like a trident. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's it, it is a trident. Uh, things are hinged. So if you pull it in, if you put it in, then it like rips the guy as you pull it out. Maybe it looks very fragile though. <laughs> it, it looks like it has. The, it looks like it was designed by the same uh, weapon designer as the uh, as the brand new lightsaber. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, no. So this I, one is pretty interesting. Yeah, no. His mace is that's. I mean, this guy's carrying a mace whose head is twice awesome. as large. The head of this mace is twice as large as his own head. Um, that's he's that's, a very portly Nazgul. Awesome. That guy is. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. He's kind of the bomber of the Nazguls there. Yeah. So uh, okay. Well, I think I think we're good, and I should go so that my uh, I, my child doesn't freeze. Uh, so, um, but we have we have what five riddles in one conundrum to discuss. And one conundrum next to time? discuss. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So we will. We will. And listen, we're going to play it by ear. You know what I mean? It's All like right. we don't want to give any short shrift on anything. So you know, if we have yeah. to have a, a follow-on episode after that, we will. But basically, we're going to you know yeah, so another wait, episode. Brilliant idea, Trish. What? Oh, the lightning round? Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to, like, the original plan where we would have just gone through five... Yeah, we would have gone through... We would have spent an entire episode on on thoroughly non-controversial things. Yeah, Yeah, this was a really good idea. It came to me the same way the Silmarillion film project came to Corey. (laughs) My eyes popped up in the middle of the night, and I went, (laughs) ah, lightning rounds! Yes, yeah, no. You have been... You have been. You are. You are in sync with the with the music of the Einar. That's right. That's yes. right. Like Elrond. That's right. Take that down, Michael Bassiel. I am in sync with the music of the Einar. Michael can give a great talk about the physics of the Einar at Mythmood. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Okay, so so next time, if we get it, you know, we're going to plan to do another episode in two weeks. Um, and, two weeks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna attempt to do the rest of them if we do then that will be it the way we're going to do we're going to discuss and debate each of these and then we're going to have polls for voting and we're going to decide um we're going to decide the official correct answers to those riddles uh by according to everyone by votes yes by 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 democratic discussion um so um so i don't know if anybody's asked this question yet but i will publish the outstanding riddles in the post for this episode on the website. Okay. Cool. Okay, so people can know ahead of time which ones we're actually going to be talking about. Yes, and then and we Remind can... me that I said that. 
and then we'll do no, we'll do the final we'll do the final tallies and go through. If we have Tally. time next time, we'll go through the we'll go through our our own answers and yes, we'll go through yeah. our answers. Yes, we will. Yeah. I'll have those ready by that time. And then the folks, I know there are folks that are looking for their third certificate, so yep, um, they will hopefully come out shortly after. There will doubtless be very few of them this time. I think. Uh, <laughs> All I can say, it's a good thing they don't, they're not getting the certificate for doing better than me because I think everybody would get a certificate. Uh, well, uh, that's really the difference there would only be a small handful, I think, between that <laughs> and the actual situation. But okay. All right. if, they were, if it was who's better than Laura, nobody would be getting a certificate. Well, I know. Laura's going to sweep the floor with us this time, I think. But, uh, uh, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cancer. That's right. Can I just say at the end uh, how, how much fun... Um, Mythmu was oh yeah the last two years even yeah uh, yeah and it I'm, was yeah I it was a blast I, I am really grateful to be part of this community and I'm looking forward to many more years of these meetings yeah. if you haven't gone you should have people oh definitely yeah yeah and like <laughs> I said that was so nice yes. if you'd like to have a, a gathering yes, in your area and... let's work it out no reason we can't have more of those kinds yeah. around in the regions absolutely yeah. go ahead Laura. Uh, and and thank you guys for Riddles in the Dark too. That oh, yeah. uh, you know it's it's been really fun to listen to and and participate in when I can. Um, thank you. It for was a great way to get involved in the movies. Um, yeah, really. It has just been, watching actually, them I don't think thing. I would have Oh my goodness! Attention. What did you do? That's true. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So so thorough. So much more productive than sitting around just moaning about it like I did. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's yes. Right. And Laura, we of course will have you back always on the Silmarillion Film Project whenever your schedule allows. So That's right. You, yeah. you will not be gone. Yes, and I will be. I will be glad to participate in that. And I know you've been busy doing the, some the Silmarillion. Design, is so. I have. I have. Yes. Well, one thing. The Silmarillion one, is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. One thing for sure, Laura. We need to when we start having discussions about uh, Nienna. You're the resident expert. Yes. So. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. That's a, that's right. Yeah, yes. I've been thinking Although about I Nienna, do, I do actually. want to point out that, um, um, okay, who who are the other people? Myth, myth, the Mythopoeic Society. Uh, they just published <laughs> a book, and there's a paper There's a paper on Nienna in there, so cool. I'm going to have to read that. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad Nienna's to... getting the attention she deserves. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I have to. I have to run so that uh, I can pick up my children. But uh, uh, but I just wanted to say here for not quite the last, but approaching the last time on Riddles in the Dark. Thanks for listening and Godspeed.